<sighs> Look what has become of you. A rat in the desert. Why come to this place? He claims to be the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is he a relative of yours? Do you know who he's talking about? Not simply to hide. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, you have a purpose here. Perhaps you are protecting something. No, protecting someone. There's over 150 hours of Star Wars on film. This is the Star Wars binge where we select order and elevate the best 40 hours of the Star Wars canon and occasionally talk about the new properties that are coming out. Cause you know what, Daniel? <laughs> Gotta jump into something fresh occasionally. Because this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. My name is Jeff Cook. I teach philosophy at the University of Northern Colorado, at least for the next few days. And in Denver is the Daniel Mothershed actor, playwright, and pop culture enthusiast. That's true. This is the sound of my voice. There are few things that Star Wars fans have probably been dreaming about for over two decades. And the show that's being released this month is probably one of them in terms of what would we do? If we got to tell this story, what would it be? Yeah. What are the things that are going on? And it'll be interesting to hear how people react when it's not exactly what they thought <laughs> a show should be when they were in the 10th grade. I'm sure it'll be done with sanity and a, a large measure of moderation of yeah, emotions. Just, just tact and respect for other <laughs> artists' work. Oh, that was interesting. Not the way I would do it. Yeah. How curious. I'd be like, well, I would like to give you unlimited resources and uh, the time and see what you make. That being said, I... <laughs> probably could have done so with the book of boba fett but that's a whole other conversation so before they screw everything up <laughs> we're gonna get on the record and say you know what i think these are some of the things that are enjoyable that come to our minds and hearts as we think about kenobi ba -ba -bum. so i don't know about you but i i got no spoilers going in i watched two trailers and called it good same here i've been on that kick for the last several months like with, with with all the properties. I watched the first Moon Knight trailer and then hit everything. The the first two Doctor Strange trailers and then hit everything. I'm I'm Yep. And the same with Obi Wan. I'm I am i am with you. That that's something that's kinda lost in pop culture. It's one it was one of my favorite things about pop culture and you just don't see it very often today. But growing up it always felt like there was no pursuit of everything new how many how many spies can we send into the set to find out little <laughs> details about the clothing and which actors are there and all the rest yeah twitter was there wasn't active twitter pages where somebody <laughs> somebody just watching them film has taken a picture of <laughs> that's right do you remember around the time where they were doing falcon and the winter soldier the the pictures of um julia louis dreyfus's character got out and you can't see where she's wearing but it's just julia louis dreyfus spotted on set of whatever here's yeah. 12 characters she maybe is i just think, yes just wait till you see the thing <laughs> there's something about getting jazzed uh about the potential property and getting to create it in your own mind. Yeah. What would you do? And what is everybody going to look like and sound like? And what, yeah, what are the, yeah. I'm way more into that. Same here. Maybe we should start a podcast in which we, we jump in <laughs> and say, here's all some stuff. Jeff, I'm going to blow your mind. Look in, <laughs> look down slightly and in front of you. 
<laughs> That's a microphone. I'm shocked that there's not more conversations about just being creative about what you could do online. It just doesn't feel like there's that much. So there it is. You and me. We're going to tackle this sucker. Huzzah. We get to talk about the unknown. We get to dream. Uh, we get to talk about characters and themes and conversations that needed some bows. Uh, lots of things we're talking about that we want to see. If we're in the Star Wars creative process room, which, by the way, Disney, we're real easy to find. And I, and I have nothing but time. <laughs> I'm, I'm working at UNC for three more days and then pretty much free. What do you want to do? Ahsoka? There's... There's probably a Kenobi too. Yeah, I'd love to walk away from my day job. So just <laughs> g- g- give me mash that follow button and 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 send me a message. Well, that's where we're going. Characters, themes, conversations. What we want to see most in Kenobi. I want to start out with characters. This was a revelation I kind of had when I was prepping. Is I think Obi Wan has the most interesting story beats and arcs. If you watch his story through Clone Wars and through the original trilogy i've i really get emotional i saw a guy who did a super cut kind of spliced it together with some music just hitting all the beats Mm. and i was like man this is a very unique character whose story ends up routinely just being heartbreaking yeah definitely a fascinating character definitely an incredibly flawed character but but a ultimately good character who who in i feel like all of the the flaws of obi-wan kenobi come out of him desperately trying to do the right thing yep and that makes him likable because he's going to continue to try to do the right thing even if he's screwed it up for four movies we consistently talk about kenobi and james bond in the same breaths but there's something about the exterior layer of professionality and humor and it's and, just and Britishness, and it's all a crust that is containing some complexity and flaws and grief, and there's probably some alcoholism going on there, you know. <laughs> they they never show the blue mil- milk scenes with Kenobi, but <laughs> where he comes into a bar and says, "I'll have a blue milk, please, shaken, not stirred." <laughs> Very seldom comes across as a self-concerned character. He seldom comes across as immature. He is stoic. He is incredibly energized by what he wants. And all of that is propelled by some really depthy core motives, which obviously we're exploring in the Clone Wars in uh, in the Star Wars binge. But I, I, I just found myself watching that supercut and, and weeping. You know, I do that with most supercuts, but, <laughs> but just super emotionally moved by his story. Absolutely. Got a lot of trauma both as a soldier, as a student, and as a lover. He has very interesting foils. He, arguably one of the greatest villains ever is his foil. And I'm not sure we ever see Obi-Wan win. That was the thing that I was thinking. I don't know that you ever see this character victorious until the very last scene of the original trilogy. Yeah, I've been thinking, of, I've been thinking on that observation throughout the day. We see him we see him succeed many times. We see him accomplish a lot of things. He shuts down the tractor beam in New Hope. He he succeeds doing that. Sure. He he succeeds in sneaking around the Death Star. He succeeds in, you know, duping the stormtroopers at the beginning of the film. He succeeds in but but there, I think there is a difference between as I'm learning from watching the hit HBO series Winning Time, there is a difference between winning the small games and making it to the actual championships and getting that uh, getting that ring when you blow up to de- the Death Star. 
<laughs> you weaved it in. That's all done. Well I've, 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 I've thought more throughout the week about how I <laughs> am going to be able to do that than I actually have about this podcast. It's just all magic right there. Literally. <laughs> I was thinking about this as one of the more interesting scenes for Kenobi is his success on the Death Star in New Hope. Before he gets cut in half, he has a little smile, like a wry smile. And it's like, I I mean, that it's filled with character. I, I want to talk about that moment, moment here in a minute. But Darth Vader in A New Hope against Obi-Wan Kenobi in that scene is playing checkers. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is playing the three-dimensional chess from Star Trek. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi is looking... You know, he's able to he's able to see that far into the future. So, I mean, the the argument is there to be made. Does he lose? Because he doesn't technically get killed because he's not gone. Right. Right. And he mo- he motivates the youth that he has radicalized. <laughs> is what he right. does. He's he's played the long game. Yeah. And it, it both empowers him, motivates him. And uh, now he's beside him in, in the cockpit. Yeah, absolutely. Think he's kind of a uh, kind of funny sounding, a little bit silly, yeah, and a little bit unqualified. You know, not to again, you know, like uh, like Pat Riley, who then went on to be the coach of the LA Lakers. So boom, the the, the guy's playing four or five steps ahead. I, okay, I can. That's a getting cut in half is a very strange definition of. Oh yeah, he won, <laughs> but it, but he didn't get cut in half. I mean, Darth Maul gets cut into yeah. two different pieces. He, Obi-Wan Kenobi just disappears. You know what I mean? He's yeah. still he's still quote dead, but I mean but you you might argue cuz you used the word radicalized earlier. I'll I'll use it too. If you are that ingratiated in the religious practice that you are in, die, dying or or no longer existing physically on that yeah. plane isn't a loss. You just moved on to the next thing. No. So you're still there. This- if the force is cyclical and around everything, you're still there. Yeah, agreed. I mean, if you spend, as we'll, I'm sure, see in this show, if you spend 20 years isolated, no companions, I assume, that are your peers, and your one job is essentially as a century, you know, making sure nobody gets the kid inside the gates, as it were. And man, that's a that's a tough life. That's a lonely life. That's a if 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 you can escape that life, maybe you would smile a little bit and say, well, at least at least I know how. This force thing works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went out with a bag. It's it's both Robin Williams saying to live would be an awfully big adventure and Dustin Hoffman is Captain Hook saying death is the only adventure at the same time in that character. Because you do think, obviously this show is not, it's not going to be Castaway where there's just long stretches of somebody sitting in the desert isolated by themselves because that is not interesting because neither was Castaway. Uh I love me some castaway. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Tom Hanks, but Hanks, but I don't need to watch him act for three and a half hours. Um, but you know, that would not be an interesting television series, especially in the Star Wars universe, if it was yeah. hours and hours of... of <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi sitting, looking at the blown up top half of an R2 unit with a handprint on it. This is... <laughs> dull, so dull. But it it was probably more of that than than rushing into action. I know that we're gonna get to it when we get to the very last scene of uh of the entire binge because we'll talk about Anakin Yoda and Obi Wan standing up, Force mm-hmm. Ghosts, smiling at Luke, and can Obi Wan at the end say, "You know what? It was all worth it." You know, 
Like we arrived. Do you want me to answer that now, or is that? Yeah. Are we saving that for the conversation? <laughs> Sorry, misunderstood. Is that for the conversation later, or should I answer that, that now? That may like, be a rhetorical either. question. Is just kind of a placeholder. But I don't know. That that's just as I'm thinking more about this character, I'm like, what is Obi Wan? We've we talked about this in one of the very first episodes we mm-hmm. did um, when we were with your brother. It's like episode five or six of the binge. But it's it was it's like, what does this character want, and does it, it you know does he ever get it? And I suppose you could answer that. Yeah. Hmm. Now I'm just thinking. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those things that it might be worth we're saving a bit. Because I'm wondering if that answer has a lot of, excuse me, I'm wondering if that question has a lot of different answers. And it might, they might be answers pertaining to the types of relationships he has. May depend on your point of view. There you go. But yeah, I mean, it depends, you know, if he's with Luke, I think he wants to be. At minimum, wants to be a good teacher, but then I think it at most wants to do right by him in the way that he was not able to do by Anakin. Yeah. But it does, maybe it does feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi's main objective or goal, if you wanted to verb it or do, you know, objective work is, I think, to just to just do the right thing, to be good. I actually think that's, I think that's probably right. I think that's exactly who that character is. They have a sense of duty that is entirely born out of their religious warrior code. And that's just all that's just consuming to that character. I suppose if he does his duty and in the end he's standing there with his brother in theory redeemed, maybe that's it. Maybe that's a win. Yes. He's been part of that. Yeah. One of the things I think they really need to show in this series is how much Kenobi despises the Emperor. Yeah. I don't think... We've, we've never seen that. We don't see it in Clone Wars. We won't see it in Rebels. We don't see it in the original trilogy, really. Uh, I, there's one line about from Kenobi on the Emperor, which I'll, we'll get to in a second, but I think he needs to really key in on Palpatine. He had he had a relationship with Palpatine, but I don't think he's ever like said, this is the enemy, you know? Mm-hmm. I think he needs to get there somehow. Yeah, because even I'm, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think of moments where he Kenobi talks about it, even in just A New Hope, and the way he talks about the Empire, you can tell he has strong disdain for it, but it's almost mentioned in a dismissive. Yeah, I don't like this. Meh, the Empire. Yeah, as opposed to yeah, I mean there probably should be some some more profound disdain. We'll get into that. I bet you the Emperor is probably going to hang over this whole conversation. Um, I want to talk about themes uh, and the type of show that you expect. Because I bet you it's the case that the creators are coming to this and say, all right, what is the big idea here? And there were five movies that kind of stood out to me as they could do a story that looked like this. They could do a story that looked like this. The first one seemed obvious to me that they would make a movie that felt like The Fugitive. Mm. And the trailers kind of have some of that element going on. It's the lone man on the run. Particularly that second trailer. Yeah. Because there is, and there is even a moment where you hear somebody shout, you can't run forever, Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's, he's trying to solve a puzzle, but he's always being hunted kind of movie. I suppose the second sort of movie is that James Bond kind of movie. And you kind of get this in the trailers where it's like the lone special, and let me emphasize that word, agent who is trying to save the galaxy. You know, that's that's essentially where James Bond goes. It's the British polite and properness, the humor. He is almost always by himself. And, and he's trying to do some task that is essential to uh, saving the planet, as it were. 
Except he's still got... I mean, there's no way they don't pepper into the show people who are friendly towards him or with him, but James Bond still has M and Q and right. usually, a, 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 you know, obviously a, a bevy of slightly misogynistically named uh, <laughs> female companions. Uh, sure. With the exception of this most recent one with uh, Anna de Armas as, as, as the character of Paloma, she was genuinely just a badass, and, and I feel like, handled very very respectfully but um i don't i don't know i get the james bond thing but i'm wondering if there's more of a maybe not an agent but maybe one of those character walks out of nowhere or walks in from nowhere and has to achieve a mission in the same way that the the mandalorian is the kung fu series right but but maybe more that than bond i don't know and it may be the case that, like, pulling archetypes or pu- pulling from each of these stories, I bet you is actually, there'll be a stew, you know, in the Star Wars universe kind of thing. But That's what, well, when you said the um, the first thing and said, you talk about that or we can move on, I was going to say, I'll bet it's going to be, so, it's going to be kind of potluck, kind of some of all of that, because most television right now is a lot of those tropes coming together, and that's what makes it so interesting. Right. A third type of movie would be like the Logan Incredible Hulk kind of movie where you have the lone man and they're holding back their power. One of the most moving scenes in Rebels has this element. They don't show you uh, the Jedi for a long time in, in Rebels and then one steps out and, and, it's, and it just, they, they execute the scene just beautifully. To where I mean, it just tingles all over. It's like the like the Empire, their eyes get bigger. They're like it's a Jedi, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of Ooh. thing. Like we haven't we haven't seen one of these for a little while. All troopers, focus your fire on the Jedi. Yeah, and I I I would suspect that you're not seeing a lightsaber come out for a while. Good. You know, yeah, right. Good. That's what I want. I mean, and I've said that throughout this podcast, and I have no doubt I will say it again. But they they, they have kind of shown that they can't really land the plane with trying to do some of these Force Jedi-adjacent stories. So I think put it away for a while and let it be, let it mm. be a lot of these fugitive, gangster, underground, on-the-run desert stories. Yep. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, the Man- Mandalorian has some of that because you don't see a Jedi in the Mandalorian until the end of the second season. Am I right there? We see Ahsoka. Oh, there you go. But yeah, you're right. And it, it does look like from the trailer that Kumail Johnny is going to be a Jedi, just based off of the way it looks like he's dressed in the trailer. It looks like he is in those kind of traditional mm-hmm. robes. Mm-hmm. But I could be totally wrong. Who knows? Because the villains are Inquisitors who are Jedi hunters, and that's fairly clear from the trailers, I bet you they're going to show some some dead Jedi, right? Or some, some people yeah. getting hacked hacked up. Uh, in this next movie, fourth option is kind of a gladiator kind of movie. And that is, it's again, the lone man who's trying to assemble an army kind of motif. It wouldn't work the same way as gladiator, but one of the few things we see of Kenobi when we get to rebels is him in hologram form, sending messages out Mm. to all of the people who are still, you know, loyal to, to the Jedi code. This is Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. I regret to report that both our Jedi Order and the Republic have fallen, with the dark shadow of the Empire rising to take their place. This message is a warning and a reminder for any surviving Jedi. 
Trust in the Force. Do not return to the temple. That time has passed, and our future is uncertain. We will each be challenged. Our trust, our faith, our friendships. But we must persevere, and in time, a new hope will emerge. May the Force be with you, always. That those messages go out, and it's like he still has the hope, you know, mm -hmm. that we could turn this around. Yeah, it's the it's the abandoned soldier still radioing coordinates for other soldiers or people who could find him. Yep, I'm waiting for Hollywood to just have 80 movies that have the dictator taking over and then the population rediscovering democracy. And that would feel like very much in terms of like an Obi-Wan yeah. way of doing things. But we see that in Ukraine and, and obviously that's a theme stateside. The, the, the idea that it can happen here all is starting to feel like fiction. Right. Is that too bleak to say? It's not bleak to say this is entirely what Star Wars is always about. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, the original trilogy, very much Lucas commenting on his uh, political thoughts in the 70s. So lastly is uh, Terminator. You need a hero to, the, to protect the future savior. Yeah. There's an isolation there. It's probably not going to be a romantic relationship and maybe the <laughs> T2 side probably doesn't work, but... I saw, I've, I saw some robots in the trailer. <laughs> Those are called droids. Oh, right. <laughs> Very common theme in Lucas properties, and especially in Star Wars, is the idea of the MacGuffin, uh, the object of the villain's desire, and that Luke is obviously the object of the villain's desire. And I suppose all these Jedi. So maybe that's just like you're stamping out the last of your opposition. That may be a little bit different than a MacGuffin, huh? Yeah, that feels like a prime, prime directive. Oh, there you go. To, yeah. to wipe out I mean don't wouldn't don't they kind of theoretically assume Obi-Wan is the last of these guys or am I totally totally wrong in thinking that I get the sense if I was making a guess I get the sense that they are converting some Jedi into inquisitors mm. because when when the third sister that's the character that yells at Obi-Wan about him running, what was it? Like you're running Obi-Wan or something like that? Or which, it says you can't run forever, some version of that. You can't run Obi-Wan! You can't escape him! I think she knows him. Oh. I think that they were on the same team, and she flipped. That's how I took that when, she, when I heard it. And I think that's part of the lore. Oh, that's super interesting. I think I've heard that, that Inquisitors were essentially, you know, they're, they're force wielders. Yeah. And... They're not Jedi because they didn't go through the Jedi trials, but they, you know, they become Jedi hunters instead. Hmm. And that's that's a way that Palpatine would do things like, you know, join me kind of imagery. Oh, absolutely. Right. What I would want to see is sort of variations of all of those things. I mean, I want to see I want to see some of those fugitive type moments or, or Blade Runner even esque moments because because Obi Wan Kenobi is incredibly clever. So so being able to see him outrun people and outwit people and and maneuver around places, I think would be really cool. I think you and McGregor can perform those things really well, and I think that stuff looks really cool when they do it in Star Wars. So I'd love to see that. I'd love to see the him kind of protecting and and 
intervening in Luke's life or in, in, in Owen and, and Beru Lars's lives from afar. I mean, some of, some of those types of things mm-hmm. I'm really interested in. Yeah, I agree. But I, but I, and I think I said this, but what I don't want to see of is a lot of Obi Wan and and Lil Luke. You know, I, I yeah. don't want a scene where Luke Skywalker is playing with a little ship somewhere and and accidentally throws it and it lands at Obi Wan Kenobi's feet and and he goes, oh, is this your ship? Oh, this reminds me of blah blah blah. And it's like, oh, how sweet. They have no idea. Then he runs off. I, yep. That's not what I want to see. And God, I hope that's not what we get. I think that we can have hope there. One, because I heard tell a long, long time ago that that was the original plan and that they changed it. Oh, okay. Partially because they had already done The Mandalorian and it has that kind of theme. Right. That's exactly, that's exclusively what that is. <laughs> but I heard Filoni say that they essentially changed it to, to be bigger, wider in scale. And I get the sense that that's what you see in the trailers is that they're, they're getting off tattooing. They're in some cities. Yeah, which which I hope that's that's what the show is because I think we talked about this in our year yeah. two episode, but I don't remember. We need to get off of that planet. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sick and tired of looking at that planet. Don't like sand. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on that planet so much, or planets that look just like Tatooine. I would love to see some of those shots, those those futuristic cityscape shots that we get in the trailers. Really got me jazzed. Yep. Aside from the type of show, it seems like there's a, a few themes that will probably emerge. The first that came to my mind was failure. There's all sorts of language in Return of the Jedi um, where Obi-Wan is kind of reminiscing about his time with Anakin, and he says, I thought that I could instruct him just as well as Yoda. I was wrong. And the last thing that Obi-Wan says to Anakin is, I failed you. Which makes sense, right? If his goal and objective is to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing slash be good. <laughs> yep. If that's that's coming right out of his motive. And it's part of the bigger Star Wars theme of failure, which really gets hit in Last Jedi. You know, the, the idea of the greatest teacher failure is kind of. And even Yoda at the end of uh, Sith talks about how he's failed. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it may not even get spoken, but like we screwed this up and we're not in power anymore. Well, like, it's going to hang, even if it's not spoken, it's going to be the space albatross yeah. hanging over everything. The the failure to teach, train, protect, serve yep. Anakin Skywalker. It's got to hang over everything, even if they don't speak it. And, 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 and maybe that is one of the nice things of, right, this property has existed for so long, whether it's the original three or even the prequel three, which, bleh, but 1998 was a minute ago. So, I mean, they've been around long enough now that those failures are, are so known. Right. They're going to be there, even if they don't address it in the show, because we all know it as the, as the fans. They really play this up in Rebels, which appears to be after this show. Mm. And in Rebels, you see, it's almost like you're walking through Berlin and there's Nazi flags everywhere. That's that's how they play up the art in, with the Empire. Mm. So they got the songs, they got the stormtroopers, stormtroopers, and, you know, and it's just imperial imagery everywhere. And this show of real power force, um, uniformity. It's having not seen any of Rebels yet, because that's not where we are in the binge. What you're saying is also kind of making me think of in the Sound of Music when they come home from their honeymoon and 
there's the Nazi flag hanging on their house. I mean, they have exactly. the, they haven't fully done the atrocious things the Nazis have gone on to do, but they're slowly lurching towards that, and the the telltale signs of it are everywhere. What do you do with those flags, by the way? You rip them or burn <laughs> them or do you know both of those things to them, or you just say you're completely shocked and didn't see them coming whenever anybody talks about them. Was one, one of the three options. I prefer the gif of the ripping of the flag, personally. I, oh, same. Georg von Trapp. Don't know much about the guy in real life, but at least in that movie. <laughs> Incredible. Ripping that flag. Second big theme uh, is that of fathers. Daniel and I started down the path of doing a deep dive into New Hope and <laughs> uh, paused for a minute. But one of the things that really came out of our conversation was how Luke has three fathers. Sorry, Ben Shapiro. (laughs) He's got Anakin, who's his biological father. We often think of like kind of the fatherly influence for Luke as being Kenobi, because that's what we see. But if you were to ask Luke, who was your dad? He would have said Owen. Didn't I? Did I? I believe I disagreed with you when, yeah, so, when you said that last time, and I and I, let's and talk I, about that. I wish I remembered what I said. <laughs> it was really, it was really witty. I mean, I'm not saying it was like brilliant. I just wish I could remember. <laughs> that, that that strikes you as wrong, though. Yeah, because I think it because he's he knows he's his uncle. I mean, he only refers to him as Uncle Owen. If it, it, the the relationship does not, it doesn't feel like it's a terribly loving relationships it feels more like owen took this kid in as a sense of duty as opposed to a yes i would love to to, you know my wife and i would love to have a baby and raise it as our own and i could be wrong when when we see this show maybe it'll maybe it'll be done totally differently but the the guy that we see in a new hope very much has a you work for me you're on the farm we've got a crop to harvest yeah there's a lot of utility yeah and you're there just like one of these droids i just bought yeah. Kind of going on. I could see that. Somebody can be a father figure and still be a uh, a father lacking in nurturing kind qualities. Yeah. But I, but again, I just don't know. Because we see how, you know, Luke is saddened when he sees the burning bodies of his aunt and uncle. But then very quickly is like, well, I guess uh, the thing that was keeping me here is smoldering on our front porch. So shall we go? I think I'm going to interpret that scene differently. But <laughs> <laughs> I do... I there I do think you're right in terms of it actually is very realistic in terms of a young person who just wants to you know get out of high school and get out of the house going on with Skywalker. Oh yeah. Got enough love and affection to where I think you see it on his face. I think they want to play that up especially Owen. with the music in that scene. That's one of the best pieces of music I think in the first movie. Owen. You all agreed. Like that's the transformation for that character is seeing seeing somebody who's burned down his house and killed foster parents. There's I both want to leave and I have an emotional connection to these folks. He goes to Obi Wan afterwards and he's he's fairly somber and you know I want to go with you at Alderaan. There's nothing from here. That's the conversion. I think that's a conversion experience. And and maybe this would be part of my argument. That's a conversion experience that is propelled in large measure because he does care about those two human beings. Sure, yeah. But I do, I do think you're right that it may, it may be the case. Like, if you're picking a father out of a lineup and you've seen some of like movies, you you're probably not going with Owen. He was really going to cheer for me. 
Tell me, tell me I have what it takes. It's going to be that guy. <laughs> mm, you might want to think twice about that one. No, you're going to be a moisture farmer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what a life. That's what I need you the most, Luke. <laughs> maybe, maybe next year after the season, you can, you can have fun once I've uh, made my money. Well, there's going to be a tug of war by some uh, prospective adoptive fathers, apparently, because we see some interactions between Owen and yeah. Obi-Wan. What they should have just done was more of a sitcom series with Darth Vader, <laughs> Uncle Owen, and Obi-Wan all living in the same galactic apartment building, raising little Luke Skywalker. I loved Three Men and a Baby. I mean, it's a it's super underrated <laughs> comedy in my mind. Remember, there's a quarter of a million dollars in heroin in that diaper pail. And the new baby wipes are in the cabinet. Right. Heroin's in the diaper pail. Baby wipes are in the cabinet. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Ted Danson. <laughs> How do you miss that? Second one, not as much, but first one, killer. <laughs> there is a second thing I want to talk about, and it's going to be the conversation. I think most big properties of this sort, it's not like the hero and the villain have five scenes together. Right. They got one scene. Right. It's the confrontation. And a lot of times in Star Wars, as you'll know, the it's over the lightsaber battle, but the lightsaber battle is about something else. They're having a conversation. What is it that needs to happen in that conversation? You know what I mean? You're saying in the inevitable moment when Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi meet in this show, yeah, having not seen each other since the end of Revenge of the Sith, what is the right. conversation that needs to happen? Yeah, let me, let me play that up a little bit more. Kenobi has never seen the black suit. Right. Um, there needs to be an introduction even of his name. Uh, unless it's just known, you know, that Vader's out there. I suppose that, like, Imperial propaganda might ha- might show Darth Vader or something like that. And so Kenobi might know that from a distance. Gosh, I almost want to reveal in the same way that Luke knows, sees, and sort of interacts with Darth Vader before knowing who Darth Vader is. And, and I, almost, oh, sure. I, I almost feel like that's what I want to see. I want... I want Vader to step out of the shadows and Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi to see him and realize he's a threat and not have an idea who Darth Vader is. And then at some moment, that's good. he says something that, that kind of forces, you know, in, 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 in cinema speak, he says something to, to Obi-Wan yeah. that flashes him to that volcano from, from Revenge of the Sith. And then he suddenly realizes, holy crap, yeah, this is my best friend. Yeah. And that's exactly what they should do. You're exactly right. And, and I think that, that should be it to be perfectly in, in, in terms of uh, a conversation about what has transpired. Cause I don't really feel like Anakin has the emotional maturity to have a conversation about you abandoned me. And now this is this. And now this is this. I almost feel like it needs to be a, this is who I am now and yep. him feeling terrible. And then Vader allowing him to get away. There are a handful of lines in the original trilogy that need to have some some bows that they don't have yet. And so let me bring some of these up in terms of that idea. I love that idea. Because if Obi-Wan's getting chased by Inquisitors, they all look dark and sinister and and they got red lightsabers. Okay. A lot of black clothing. (laughs) Right. That's it. Why would you think that guy's any different? And, you know, no, I'm your brother kind of, you know... I, I mean, I don't know that they'll they'll be too on the nose with whatever Vader might say to 
Obi-Wan. But oh, yeah. I don't want a Luke, I am your father-esque yeah. specific dialogue moment. But I, but I want some interactions with the two of them. And then Obi-Wan realizes who ex- who who exactly Darth Vader is. I think if, if you want to yep. have a profound, affecting, dramatic as hell moment, I think that would be... I agree. That's the one thing. I mean, I kind of I kind of said in our in our year two episode, I said I'm not projecting a lot of thoughts onto this because I just kind of want to see it. But it, but if I had yeah. to if I had to say what I really really have thought about and what I would like to see, that's what I would like to see. I suppose to build on that for two seconds, I think that's correct. He doesn't know if Anakin lived. He let he let he was he looked pretty scorched and you know messed up last <laughs> last time he saw him. He didn't look great. Didn't look great. <laughs> What's the matter? Is it the scars? You want to hear how I got them? Okay, so here are three lines from the original trilogy that kind of go down that road. The first is from New Hope. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. If they get, If they have a confrontation... He's talking about the confrontation they're going to have in the show. I mean, he is now. Yes. Let me restate that. If they have a confrontation in the show, it has to be this. Yeah? Sure. Well, I guess I'm saying, you know, the, when they did that in the 70s, it was just bleh, whatever. Oh, yeah. And then and then with with the addition of the prequel films, then you suddenly go, oh, okay. In, I see. In yep. backing into the story when Vader says, when we, la-, you know, it's a very lackadaisical way of him saying, when when we last met, I was the I was the student and you were the master. Pretty chill way of, of addressing someone who the last time you saw him cut off your arms and legs and let you get the living crap burned out of yourself. But that is the moment up to this point that he's talking about. So yes, I agree with you. There does need to be another one that that then becomes that. I could see them having a fight and the last thing Kenobi says is you're still a learner and taken off. You know. It's oh, like I, I hope not. That's a uh, That's not gonna work for you either. That, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like that maybe it, it feels a on little nose. on the nose. But there has to be like is Anakin has to be in a posture where he would say something like that. When I left you, I was but the learner. I realize in the '70s they're not thinking about that. But, but if they're going for continuity, Dave Filoni's yes. a master of that stuff. No, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I, I'm. I, and in fact, I am. 100% agreeing with you, but um, right. I think the way it stands now, you know, again, pre- having not seen any of this and and pretending as if Obi Wan the series has not already been made in the 70s, it was nothing. After the after Revenge of the Sith was made, I think those were meant to be the connection moments of that. Yeah, the scene in New Hope is referencing the volcano battle in Revenge of the Sith. As it stands now, Kenobi not having been seen by audiences. I suppose that's true. Maybe there they will be just a scene in Kenobi that should take the. I think it should take the place of that because because okay. it is you know just thinking about it, it is such a chill way for him to react to seeing him again. If truly the last time they met, he was yeah. being pan seared. Yeah, uh, you know it is. It was, oh, didn't have the best time the last time <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> Very chilled out. When I left you, I was but the learner. Is probably not how you're describing. Getting two <laughs> limbs amputated and getting burned <laughs> alive, you know. Um, yeah. That's 
you're probably saying something else. So it may be the case that they could. Yeah, they could, I imagine that they'll they they'll do something there. I mean, it would be. We know what happens, right? I mean, the the um. I'm looking at it on my my coffee table right now. I have the the one of the one of the last Entertainment Weekly issues that was the Obi Wan like physical issues was the mm-hmm. Obi Wan Kenobi ish, issue and 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 Ewan McGregor is quoted saying several times that it and I quote scared the ah. shit out of him the first time he saw the Darth Vader costume because he's like I've never been in the, I've never been in the room with that before, <laughs> right? That's excellent. Well, that's good if he actually genuinely felt that way. That's that's gonna that'll, that'll help. A second line is from Return of the Jedi, which you'll know. Luke says to Force Ghost Obi-Wan, why didn't you tell me you told me Vader betrayed and murdered my father? And then Kenobi says something, and he at some point needs to get this information and do business with it. Your father was seduced by the dark side of the Force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. When that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. Anakin was a good friend. When I first knew him, your father was already a great pilot, but I was amazed how strongly the Force was with him. I took it upon myself to train him as a Jedi. I thought that I could instruct him just as well as Yoda. I was wrong. There is still good in him. He's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. There's o- there's only two pieces of information in there that he he won't have. Yep. More, you know, him saying the the good man that was your father is gone and now he's Darth Vader, and the twisted and evil, more machine now than man. Those are the pieces of information he doesn't know. He's fully aware of the seduced to the dark side of the Force. True. All of that other stuff. Um. That's such a for, for Lucas not being the world's best dialogue writer. That description in Return of the Jedi, I actually really like. I think this is Cassian. Oh, that's did. right. Because I'm sorry, you said you said uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan is a genius. Um, that is such a. It's it's skirting around a lie you told a child, but still, it's it's yeah. a very like oh, I didn't lie to you technically. I mean, he did sort of. Darth Vader killed the guy. I mean, that's a lie, but but it is that, true. I, I cut out the part where he says, so what I've told you is true from a certain point of view. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah, yeah. Even the, the way Alec Guinness does that is brilliant, too, because it's like he knows. He goes, so what I told you is true from a certain point of view. Right. <laughs> his his line delivery on that. I mean, that guy was a master. But it's, it's such a good speech because, yeah. yeah, truly, from a certain point of view, that's absolutely right. Right. This this guy is not the same guy. I like that a ton. But but all of that Obi-Wan knows when he with the exception of him becoming more machine than man and the name Darth Vader, Obi-Wan already knows 95% of the backstory to that line from Jedi, if I had yeah. to really think about it. I suppose, no, that's true. Obviously, he'll get to see it, that he's more machine now than man. That shot in the trailer of the robot arm getting jammed onto the, the ooh, I had a visceral reaction to it when I saw it the first time, and I, when I watched it tonight before before yep. sitting down to do this with you, I watched it again and, and had a, ooh, like, full shiver. Got some sharp elements on the backside of that chest plate that are gonna, yeah. gonna pierce into place. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was it, it, 
to 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 piggyback off of that line that that Kazdan writes in Jedi, that more machine now than man comes mm. across because it's like watching a industrial video of of you know a car making factory in Detroit or something like that. I mean, that might yeah. as well that might as well have had a Tom Waits song playing over it. That's how like <laughs> gritty and industrial it felt, and I, I think that's obviously on purpose. My favorite Anakin of all the Anakins is Bakta Tank Anakin. When he's in the tank outside the suit, but he's just charred and hobbled and angry. Doing his Arya Stark, like <laughs> listing over the people who have That's wronged exactly him and hurt him. It. I love that character. Thinking through how he sold everything he had for nothing and just pissed off. And like, you put that man in, a, in an outfit and point him towards some rebels, might do some damage. It's clobbering in time. <laughs> Show me the hallway. Such a good scene. <laughs> it's like, like if you read Bakta Tank Anakin into that scene, that he is just—it's time to cause havoc, you know, because he's so mad and almost an irritation that you're taken away from your your um, mulling over all the wrongs that have been done to you. So it's like, get out of there! Put all this shit on and go. So it's like that, and then that, and then he's then he's then he's wrecking people in the hallway. You know how long it takes to put my arms and legs on and then this suit? It's heavy. Ugh. It's exactly it. So uh, there's there's great stuff in both the comics and in uh, the book The Lord of the Sith that like explore his inner life in those ways where he's just mad. Right. The last thing Obi-Wan says here, and this is why I bring in the Emperor, like he needs to get pissed off at the Emperor <laughs> at some level. Obi-Wan says... To protect you both from the Emperor, you were hidden from your father when you were born. The Emperor knew, as I did, if Anakin were to have any offspring, they would be a threat to him. I think that's the show. I agree. I've not thought of that until this very moment, but I, I agree. I don't know if the Emperor is going to know. They, they could easily show Palpatine coming to understand that Anakin has children. I don't know what that looks like, but they could show it. If that were the well, case, that, that the actor is still around, too. So, I mean, you can. And, and really talented. Mm -hmm. If he thinks that Anakin's offspring are a threat, he's not telling Vader that Anakin's kids are out there. No, because, because I feel like Return of the Jedi makes it very clear that. Sorry, not. Yeah, it's an empire. An empire, yeah, thank yeah. you. It feels like that's relatively new information for him as well. For for we have, Vader as well that. Yeah. Oh, I I've got some I've got some children. Man, I could see the emperor having had that information, but in Empire Strikes Back bringing out the card for whatever reason. We have a new enemy, oh, yeah, Luke Skywalker. That's, that's something that an abusive abusive manipulator yeah. absolutely would do and that's exactly who uh that's exactly who Emperor Palpatine is. He's never hidden it. Though I'm sure there's some galactic senator from New Maine that's like, that's not the Palpatine that I had interactions with in, in my private offices. I'm shocked that he would want to murder children and Just take shocked. over the universe. But yeah, that's exactly who that guy is. <laughs> Last quote from Return of the Jedi is Luke and Vader in their first confrontation uh, when they're on Endor. I know there is good in you. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. 
it's almost like I, I could see that also coloring a lot of what they do. It might be the case that Kenobi in this show feels like he, to do the right thing, he needs to pull Vader. Yeah, there there almost needs there almost needs to be like a reverse Jean Valjean Javert scene. Yeah, there you go. You know where 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 instead of Jean Valjean saying I am actually a good person and I need you to give me another chance, it's it's Jean Valjean saying to Javert, "You could be a good person. Yeah. I know it. Let me try and let me show you that kind of yeah. confrontation where somebody is 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 pitching and begging towards a better future." There's a handful of properties that kind of go down this road. The one that jumps to mind is Batman and Two-Face. It's always the oh, case yeah. that Bruce Wayne is always trying to pull Harvey Dent back into, you know, his good side. Thor and Loki, constant yeah, there you go. struggle of, I, you know, there's more, brother, there's more to you than this. Uh, Gamora and Nebula, mm-hmm. a, a lot of those. It, it's a great trope. Come, come with me, I know you can change. Sorry, this is who I am. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's such a great line. Sorry, this is who I am. And I don't know if that's an actual line or that's just my bastardization of, of what those, but that's, that's like you boil those down. That's what those moments are. I'm sorry, this is who I am. Truth. God, oh, you didn't have to make that choice. The end of uh, the Batman, the killing joke is also of this sort. The, the Joker reveals kind of his inner core at a moment and he says, no, sorry, it's too late for me. And then he makes a joke. But there's like a very emotional moment at the end of the killing joke where... And it's also Mark Hamill. Seriously. The, the the cartoon, I thought, was really good, especially the end. I mean, you could just watch the end. The end is tremendous. D- yeah. Oh, I'd, God. That, that is, a that is a, obviously, the comic, the graphic novel was, too, but that movie was profoundly disturbing. Yeah. In the exact ways you want it to be. Right. And I, I read the comic a few times, and I knew it was going to come up. Oh, yeah, so. but you're still, each, each of those things is still, oh, oh, oh God. Jeez, when you when you quote unquote see it happen, incredibly dark, sure. And I'm, I just I, I really don't want to go too far into this because we haven't treated it in the binge. But in the conversation between Vader and Ahsoka that is on film, there there's there may be some of this element going on there as well. That's Ooh. really powerful. It, top top scene for me. So I just don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Good. I can't wait uh, to get to it in four years. In four years, we'll be there. <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to do a quick through. I'll do my best. This is going to be the section called, what do you want to see? And <laughs> like, do you want to see this? You want to see this? What's your quick take on these things? Recently, we've had a lot of adventures of the week. I'm yeah. myself. I'm into one big story, but do you have a, do you have a preference? No. Um, cause I, cause I'm thinking of examples of both that have been, uh, it, it's a stupid answer. If it's done well, I'm happy to watch either of those things That's because it's it. fun and interesting. I will say I have loved, um, honestly, without exception, each one of the Marvel Disney Plus series I have loved because it's not Adventure of the Week. It is one larger story that different pieces of it get locked into play. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you're watching Moon Knight oh, yeah. or if you're caught up, but I just thought, I mean, yep. the way that ended this past week, I just thought, God, that was brilliant. Everything just, just sort of like they stacked all the dominoes through those five and then just went push and they all, yeah. you know. Um, and I think you get the luxury of doing that with a limited series. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I said, I said, I said, no, I don't have a preference. I would like to see a larger story actually based off of everything I said and everything we've just been saying. Contradict myself. (laughs) 
I like the one big story. Yeah. Does Obi-Wan need to amputate some ass clowns in a bar? Uh, no. Do we see Anakin's lightsaber? Anakin's lightsaber? Yeah. Uh, uh, probably. You want to see uh, Obi-Wan do his own hallway scene? Uh, yes. See, yeah, it, cause, yeah, because it, you know what, it, in the in the same way that Rogue One was so great because you finally get to see Darth Vader really kick some ass. Yeah, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi is a powerful, ooh, damn Jedi. So having a moment where you can see the the full force, pun intended, of <laughs> of his prowess, I think would be awesome. This is true. I don't want to see him kill a bunch of people, but I, but you know, I, I would like to see some, some Obi Wan equivalent of that. Yeah. Outside of the Clone Wars, the only thing that comes to mind is uh, his battle with Maul. They, there's some spectacular choreography, obviously, in that. Yes. But it's not wrecking things, you know. Yeah, I, I, I just I want to see a a scene of him, you, you know, going through and achieving something in an awesome way. Uh, spend any time in Moss Eisley? I'm, I, I'm tired of tattooing. <laughs> Scum and villainy can wait. Do you want to see mostly new characters or a whole lot of legacy characters? Legacy being like characters we already know. Yeah. Uh, mostly new. I feel like that's what they're going to do. Mostly new, and and when I say new, uh, I, I'm I would be you know there are characters that I'm that are new to me that that right. you know characters like Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, uh, popping up. I love those characters, and I feel like they are new enough to where it doesn't feel like it's just oh fan service when when they yeah. pop in. So moments like that, I'd, I'd like to see mostly new characters or characters we've gotten very little time with. I think if no, never mind. Yeah, mostly new characters. I think I'm going there as well. Um, because we saw it, we saw it not. Re- Sorry, I totally cut you off. But we saw it not really work in Boba Fett. That that's the thing I keep yeah. coming back to. It doesn't really work, and it doesn't work in Rise of Skywalker. Nope. And that I think that that kind of is how you know they don't in Bad Batch. They really kind of stay away from a lot of the legacy characters. Yeah, I mean, there's Tarkin, but we get so, kind of like yeah. what I said with these other ones. We got so little of of that character. There's a lot to be mined there, so so I would yep. be fine with stuff like that. But I just I don't want I don't want to see Chewy. I don't want to see blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah I mean I just give give us something give us something more to see. Well, let me give some actual names because some of them might pop, and you're like, you know what, that would probably be pretty cool. So first is uh, you want to see some Force Ghost Qui Gon Jinn? Um, yes, but not because of how much I think that would add to the story. I'm just genuinely curious why and how they would do that. So if they can do it well, sure. I think they kind of have to because of how Obi-Wan dies. He has to have real faith that this is how things work. And you probably need to see that at some point. If, if they do it, they have to get Liam Neeson. It can't be one of those things where, yep. you know, like in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame where Hugo Weaving didn't come back to play Red right. Skull and they sort I mean, because of the makeup, you kind of did it and they had somebody imitate his voice and that crap doesn't work. It's got to be the actual guy or nothing. What's great about Liam Neeson is he actually comes back and does the voice work in Clone Wars when Qui-Gon shows up. And it's wonderful. It's a delight. Yeah, I had no idea he showed up in Clone Wars, so that's cool. We will get there. 
Huh. Um, well, that because that was the thing I didn't know because 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 obviously I hadn't seen that in Clone yeah. Wars, and because we don't see Qui Gon appear as a Force ghost in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, part of me thought, does he want to even do that? This isn't too much of this is a no spoiler, but there's a great arc that we're going to cover in uh, the third act that is a Yoda arc in which Yoda has to have a character arc. Like there's a real growth arc. Um, where he has some issues he has to work out. Um, and it's his own wrestling with the dark side. Beautiful. Just, and it's super dark. It's, it's stuff they didn't release on Nickelodeon. It was the stuff that they only published on Netflix later. No kidding. And so they went, like, you think Clone Wars is dark normally. They go a, a little bit further. It, like, it's some scary stuff. But, uh, but Liam Neeson shows up. I like when stories do that. Yeah. I, I love the, I just, I watched, um, in in prep for this weekend, I watched the first Doctor Strange last night, mm-hmm. and I like that they do that with the character of the Master. The yeah. the 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 suddenly there's this reveal. They don't spend a lot of time with it, but the reveal of this character has had to make some dabbling over into the evil side of this magic. Yeah, to continue the fight for the greater good. So I love that kind of stuff. It's good. Do you want to see? Maul in Crimson Dawn? Um, Crimson Dawn, yes. Darth Maul, no. That's exactly where I go. Paul Bettany coming back would be dope, though. Well, he's, but he's dead, isn't he? By this point, he would be dead. Uh, no. I think this is before Solo. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, Solo would have been like, if, if Luke is a little kid, yeah. Solo can't be that much older than him. So, yeah, you're right. I guess that, that is a possibility. I'd love to. I just think Paul Bettany's a great actor, so. They reference bounty hunters in the trailers. Yes. But do you want to see Cad Bane or Boba Fett? Uh, I'd love to see Cad Bane. I'd love to see more of more slash better of, of Cad Bane. Uh, I need I uh, Boba Fett and I should take a break for a little while. I think, I think that's. <laughs> I think I'm a no on both these characters, but I oh, really? I wouldn't mind seeing a bunch of those uh, bounty hunters that you know we see in Empire and. And they're a lot, you know, folks oh, like, that like Bosk or, or, yeah. or so IG-88 or some of those characters. I love me some Bosk. <laughs> Bouncing hunters. We don't need that scum. Yes, sir. Let's Yeah. Didn't get a lot of uh, screen time, but it's such a... I remember the action figure so, so well. You know, um, in some of the Obi-Wan comic books, the char- a character who we got to see in Book of Boba Fett that I would love to see more of is the Wookiee, uh, Kirsten Tan. He-, he shows up on Tatooine and rumbles with Obi-Wan several times mm-hmm. in-, in comics. And if they decided to bring those in, because I think that was such a cool character that yeah. we only got one actual cool moment with, I would really dig seeing more of him. Agreed. Is he a bounty hunter? He 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 dabbles in several different um, sort of illicit professions. At okay. one point, one of which is being a bounty hunter. I mean, I could see him being part of the gang, kind of. Yeah. Oh god. And yeah. even if it's a quick confrontation with a you know like a a gang of bounty hunters, that might be cool. Yeah. Uh, Rex and Ahsoka. Uh, no. Bo-Katan. Yes, obviously. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> I mean, I do want them to do it well, but but I, just she's such a great character, and Katie Sackhoff is so phenomenally great in that role. Want to see Din Djarin's people or any of the Watch? Uh, it feels absolutely irrelevant to this story. Bail Organa and Princess Leia. As I am not interested in little Luke, I'm not terribly interested in too much little Leia. Uh, 
I love Jimmy Smith's. And and if he wants to come back, I think that would be really interesting. Kind of these these sort of maybe checking in and touching base moments between the two of them, sort of. Yep. Uh, between Obi Wan and, and him, that could be really interesting. Less is more, though. I think because that does all begin to feel a little fan servicey. The one thing that kind of hits me as a motive for Kenobi leaving Tatooine, I don't I don't know how else you get Kenobi off Tatooine aside from somebody like Organa coming and saying, hey. I need help with my daughter or something like that. My daughter's being hunted. You know, I, like, how do you get Obi-Wan off the planet? It's that or him somehow learning about Darth Vader and maybe hearing something about who Darth Vader actually is that that, is, that makes him go, there's no way that can be true. And then he goes. But I think yeah. those are those are the two things I can think of. And again, watch it not be either of those things, and that's totally fine with me. But but sitting here right now, that's I, I one of those two, I agree. Yeah. I suppose it's the case that he, I could see Kenobi knowing that he's being hunted, that the Inquisitors show up. And so in order to get them away from Luke, he leaves the planet altogether, you know, something like that. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good um, third one. Uh, Cassian Andor and K2SO. Um, yeah, maybe, because he obviously needs to get clued into the rebellion somehow to get us to New Hope where he is aware of it and going to, yeah. to meet this. So uh, I hadn't thought about those two characters but some version of that needs to happen, and and that would be kind of a nice little, in the way that you know ah- Ahsoka showing up in Mando is sort of a nice little tease for her upcoming show, just sort of from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, might not uh, be a bad idea with uh, Andor coming out uh, in the n- near future. Some of the few characters that he may have some connection with would be the Guardians of the Wills and Chirrut Imway, who also show up in Rogue One. Um, that whole clan. That they're force sensitive, yeah, uh, or force devout characters. They don't appear. Their stormtroopers are all over the trailers, but I'm I'm shocked that they don't have any clones. We've talked about this in the past, but do you want to see old clones? Well, I mean, if you're playing poker, you don't be like, I got three kings. Yeah, that's I suppose that's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, who knows? They 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 might not be in there. Um, yeah. I don't know that I need to. I need to see that. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm just still so entrenched in Clone Wars where I'm, I'm quote unquote interacting with the clones so much. I'm, I'm not, I'm not thinking, gosh, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder what that story is like. Cause I, I'm, I'm still so <laughs> just ensconced in, in what it is. I suppose, cause to bring this full circle and I've said this in the past that one of the stories they could tell that would be a beautiful story is they need to have the Obi-Wan and Cody confrontation because Cody tried to kill him. That was the last time he saw each other. And so do they need to wrap that story up or does it just kind of hang there? You know, such is life. (laughs) I don't know that they need to. I think it might be interesting, but I, but I don't know to tell the story they're trying to tell. I don't know that they need to. Yeah. Any reason to bring in R2D2 or C3PO? Uh, no, because we get the sense in a new hope that it's been a very, very long time since they've all seen each other. Yeah. And I agree. I think new droids, if you're going to bring in some droids. And we see um, a handful of new droids in the trailer, so I'm hopeful that that'll be cool. I agree. Lots of, I, I think they've discovered this with some of the droids that they've created, that these are great characters. You might as well go new. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving away from characters, do you want to see flashbacks? New flashbacks, or do I want to watch moments from the prequel trilogy inserted into... I'm, I mean, that's a serious yeah. question. Which um, which are you asking? Yeah, let, let me name a handful of flashbacks that they could pull in that would give 
a lot more depth, perhaps. And for folks who are not familiar with Clone Wars, they might give some of showcase some of Obi Wan's heart, but they could show flashbacks into the Clone Wars with Anakin and Ahsoka. Oh, but do them just, live. I got you. But yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. They now have a history of doing that because they did flashbacks with Book of Boba Fett. That's right. I think that could be interesting. We haven't talked about it yet, you and I, but uh, Obi-Wan has a relationship with a woman named Duchess mm-hmm. Satine, who's a Mandalorian. It's a Bo-Katan's sister. Mm-hmm. Any reason to, to show courtship? Uh, d- yes, only to see uh, Ewan McGregor and Satine <laughs> sing uh, This Is Your Song on top of so- that elephant again. If uh, Obi-Wan is busting out Roxanne when he's pissed off leaving, then that would be... His eyes upon your face His hand upon your hand His lips caress your skin It's more than I can That's Moulin Rouge, by the way. As long as they don't cast Nicole Kidman to play the Duchess Satine in this, because Nicole Kidman, I'm not saying deserves a break, but needs a break from being <laughs> in all of the movies right now. I'm indifferent, but 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 a serious answer. Uh, having having not really seen any of that yet, I am indifferent to it because because I can't speak to what I've liked or not liked about that character or that arc. So I sure. don't I don't I don't have an opinion. I think that, and I think that's fair. I doubt they would do it unless they really wanted to. I don't know which, unless you wanted to really play up the loneliness motive. But last flashback. Oh, almost like it's almost like in the the most recent film version of Dune, where uh, you just you keep seeing Zendaya's face in in yeah. Paul Atreides' visions, like that kind of a thing, maybe. Or yeah, I mean, it's to bring him back up. It's Liam Neeson in Batman Begins reminiscing about his dead wife you know in in conversations or something like that you know how but you don't see her do they do flashbacks i can't it's been i don't know when the last time i watched that movie was but yeah not in batman begins but i mean to establish that kind of energy right in the character right like it's i lost the republic i lost you know i was a general i lost my the per the woman that i cared for all these things that i've lost and in and just showing those in film, yeah, you know, just might have some power. Last thing is, I'm going to keep trying to sneak this in. Uh, if any new property, I'm just going to throw it out. But Kenobi is at the Jedi Temple after Anakin's massacre, and and easily could find a character hiding in a cubby somewhere if they wanted to do a flashback. And mm-hmm. you could have Kenobi moving Grogu through to some other place. You could. <laughs> I think that would be unwise and i agree i think that they need to show grogu in the jedi temple in the actual mandalorian it all it also it also cannot be obi-wan that finds him because he has to tell yoda that boy was our last hope yeah and if he knows that there is a a yoda-esque force sensitive character that he gets off of that gets out of that building and off of that planet that uh, that becomes the grandfather paradox of time yeah. travel where it starts to undo things in the future. There's a line in New Hope where Kenobi says, now the Jedi are all but extinct. Yeah, him. Him and Yoda. He knows Yoda's out there. And that's, and that's, it, that's I, I truly think that he thinks that's it. Yeah. 
And I guess Darth Vader at that point, he knows that yeah. Vader is more or less around. I could see that. I, I suppose that's why in the trailers for Kenobi, he's so insistent that Luke get trained as you have to pass on what you've learned. The family business. That's it. Um, multiple seasons? Uh, we'll see. I would be super interested in them not doing another Kenobi, but doing a Vader. And Oh, I'd watch the hell out of a Darth Vader series. Yeah. I think that you could leave that door wide open at the end. And for those in the know, arguably the best book that they've written is Lord of the Sith, which is about this time period, and it's focused on Vader, and arguably the best comics they've done are the, are the Vader comics. So Agreed. That's what I got, my man. Hell yeah. It's a good place it. to wrap it. Got any final thoughts on, on what you want to see? A very uh, Sort of a very generalized uh, statement, but... I think Ewan McGregor is a very talented actor and, and a very watchable actor. Yep. I, I am hard-pressed to think, even if I haven't loved a movie that he's in, I'm hard-pressed to think of a performance I've seen him turn in where I didn't think, yeah, he's great. Yep. And Obi-Wan Kenobi is such a beloved, iconic, whatever overused phrase that is unfortunately or fortunately applicable character. I But I would like to see in this series something I haven't seen before and and I think we said this in our year two podcast or one of the two of us but I but I feel like so much of Star Wars over the last several years has concentrated on showing us different versions of things we've seen so much of before oh yes yeah. this planet with this type of a bar ah oh, this planet with this type of a thing this character with this type of a costume or whatever and I would just love to get away from that and I would love to see you know, I'm not talking about something like, you know, you're not, we're not going to see anything that's life-changing and mind-blowing because this is not possible anymore at this point. But but I would like to see stuff that I haven't seen a lot of or something relatively new. What I feel going into this is strange. Dave Filoni doesn't need to prove himself to anyone, really. Oh, no, absolutely not. He's got two fantastic, three fantastic shows, Clone Wars, Rebels, Mandalorian. Those don't have... The what would you call that? The the expectation, the built up expectation. Yeah, I feel like Filoni has stepped in timing wise into the perfect situation. You don't want to be the president that follows FDR. You know, you don't <laughs> want to be the quarterback that follows Tom Brady. You, uh, there's countless metaphors of this sort. Um, you don't want to be the coach who follows Jerry West. <laughs> There it is. There it is. Come on. Boom. The expectations are there, but because so much has gone poorly in the minds of many, uh, I feel like they it's the sweet spot of we're watching. Yes. And if you don't crush it, there may there it's it's it doesn't have to be just nailed, but it's definitely the case you got eyeballs. And so I feel like this is Filoni's really his first time getting to play in the Super Bowl, you know, as it were, or the NBA finals, since we are going down that, <laughs> that road. It's, this is the time where he really gets to get out on stage, even though it's the case that the Mandalorian is the first thing I see when I walk into Sam's club, because it's the main graphic on all the HD TVs that are there oh. on the right as I walk in, you know, like he, but this is just another level up. It's one of those things like if you can nail this in a way that everybody is like, did you see that show? He's arrived. Yes. 
he he is the heir apparent that has stepped on stage and everybody's gonna go boom give him the keys oh yeah he already has the keys but it, it's different kathleen kennedy gets massacred you know every time you bring, bring up her name yeah yeah she sure does got some hits and misses got mandalorian got a rogue one has has messed up some other properties, some other parts. Fired <laughs> but, those dudes that went on to make the greatest animated film ever. <laughs> apart from an American tale, Five Goes West. <laughs> Brave little toaster. Um, Years ago, my grandma recorded that film off of television for me. It's terrifying. Uh, on a VHS. Dude, no, man, I loved that movie. I, as a I know kid. you did. And I watched it so much that, that my mom literally decided to take the tape, take it back to my grandmother's house and, and, and literally say, this is only a when you're over here movie. I brought it up because I thought the name was funny, but <laughs> we, we hit on yeah, a thing. Yeah, but you didn't expect <laughs> The thing I think I'm I'm really excited for is I want to see the best basketball player in the world on the biggest stage. And in Star Wars, this is that opportunity. And you don't get that, but every few years now. Oh, yeah. With this show, you got Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. They there. But the way that he's going to nail it, and I think I'm positive he knows this, is he's gotten a chance to work with a lot of great actors. And so has... Um, Oh, John Favreau. And Favreau's gone to work with great actors. <laughs> like, like exclusively. When you look at Favreau's right? career, it's not like once in a while and then some unknowns. That guy has exclusively worked with heavy hitters. And Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Agreed. Somewhere Vince but, Vaughn heard that and it's like, buddy, 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 buddy. <laughs> Just real mad. There is something about the again, the expectations and weight of Ian McGregor is just on that that elite level with an elite character show us what you can do kid kind of thing and i'm i'm excited i'm here for it yeah it's legacy stuff it's legacy it totally is i mean if you win if you can if you if you can hit the ball out of the park here man you you can do it oh yeah with any other opportunity you get that's what i got so Hey, if you stumbled onto this podcast because you Googled Kenobi and, and found us, know that we are doing a deep dive into the best 40 hours of all Star Wars. Jump into episode one of our podcast and see what we got because uh, we spend a lot of time just right now we're walking through the best episodes of the Clone Wars and the order that you should watch them in. Lots of things we're talking about in terms of themes, characters, motives, and the rest that we do this deep dive on routinely. And so we would love to have you. Secondarily, do share this. Uh, if you love a galaxy far, far away, you get into this material, share it with somebody that you love. And if you have the time, take two seconds. Give us some stars on, on iTunes or Spotify. It helps other people find us and reminds us that the work is might be valuable. <laughs> Absolutely. You can find the links to all of our stuff at StarWarsBench.com, and you can share your thoughts with us on the Twitter. Anything else, Mother Shed? No. No, I do not. He's Daniel Mothershed. He's more machine now than man. <laughs> Twisted and evil. <laughs> and my name's Jeff Cook. I know there's still good in you. <laughs> no, that's it. I, I have felt it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that, can't, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I must obey my must. And you know why, Daniel? Because. <laughs> because. Because this is the way. This is the way. This is the way.
Juggernaut. We're getting we're getting our sea legs again. Oh, the tight. Grand Army of the Republic broadcast, the voice of the Outer Rim.